Take me home, Midland Road, to the place I belong, to the valley, to see the city. Take me home, Midland Road. Hello, welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. This is the latest edition of a season with Bradford City. And I guess, welcome to the January transfer window. As well, Harry Lewis has moved on. Sam Walker is in as his replacement. And who knows what might happen between now and the end of the month. Later in the podcast, I speak with Matt Derbyshire. But first, have a listen to my chat with lifelong Bradford City supporter and good friend of mine, Nick Beanland. I started off, though, asking Nick for his assessment of the Bradford City campaign so far. It's difficult to not feel slightly underwhelmed um, having reached the playoff semi-finals last season I still felt pretty optimistic this year we would be at the right end of the table I wanted it to work for Mark desperately and clearly it wasn't happening and we now find ourselves back in the soup of mid-table which is a little bit depressing (laughs) We're going to come on to uh, this season your thoughts on the current squad Graham Alexander but first, tell me about your life as a Bradford City fan, your first game, memories, who took you to your first fixture, all that kind of uh, good stuff. My dad was a dyed-in-the-wool City fan, so he took me to my first game in 1981, I think. Okay. And we stood on the old Bradford end, which is what the uh, is now the away end behind the goal. Uh, I can't remember my first game. Doncaster Rovers away sticks out as a memory. <laughs> my main memories are... Bovril, <laughs> the Bradford Ned and being dark and never-endingly damp, and Bobby Campbell. Bobby Campbell was was my hero as a young man. Present day, then, and we'll get on to fixtures and, 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 all, and all that kind of things in a minute. But we're going to have to start with Harry Lewis, his departure. Your thoughts on his career at City, just to, to kick us off? I think he was definitely one of the good guys. I loved the effort that he clearly put into getting to know the club, doing community work, just doing his job with a smile on his face. Um, But I do think, being brutal, that his form tailed off at the latter end of last season. It's ironic that he's joining Carlisle, because you could argue that he was responsible for two of their three goals at Brunton Park in the semi-final. His form this season has been wobbly. Um, If you put a corner uh, into the six-yard box, he doesn't like it. And I think of all the positions in the team where you can afford to lose a player and replace them fairly seamlessly, then goalkeeper would be it. Was it a bit of a surprise, though, how it happened at this stage of the season? Because, sorry, last season, for for large parts, he was superb, wasn't wasn't he? Did you think that it might happen perhaps in sort of May, June, July, at the end, after the season had been concluded? Yeah, I thought it would be further down the line. Um, I wouldn't have been that surprised had he have gone last summer when his star was higher. I'm more surprised now because actually I think a little bit has been found out mm-hmm. in, the, in the lower leagues. You do get bombarded and I'm not sure how great he is at dealing with that. So I'm surprised that he's gone now. But actually, because he's clearly such a good guy, I wish him well. I hope he succeeds. Um, Carlisle are throwing money at trying to stay up. So um, I hope for him that it works out because he's one of the good guys. If you look at the rest of the Bradford City squad though, there are some good, ex- good players and some good experience in there, isn't there? Well, if you've got a squad of 
35 players, then you would hope that amongst them, some of them will be good and some of them will be experienced. I do think, actually, that within that squad, there is a good 15, 18 players who are more than decent enough to get us into the playoffs. Underperforming, um, would you say? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think the, the squad is more than good enough. On the occasions that they've played this season, Swindon at home, Wrexham at home, some of the early Alexander games, where they've, they've married intensity with playing a bit of football mm. they look as good as anybody else that I've seen in this division but those games have been few and far between so they need to put a run together again. Graham Alexander has been at the club for a few months now I guess there's just two parts to this question firstly how do you assess his performance so far and secondly do you think if he came in perhaps pre-season, last pre-season, do you think that we would see a more sort of polished and, and consistently better performing Bradford City team? I think so far his performance is probably slightly above par. Um, he reminds me a lot of Phil Parkinson, who is one of the great BCFC managers, <laughs> very direct, talks a lot about hard work, only ever talks about the next game, which I like. Um, seems to be loyal to his first eleven if he feels they're doing the job. Uh, and I think so far he's done a decent job. Um, I think if he'd been in since pre-season, then yes, we maybe would have the leaner, meaner squad that Ryan Sparks talked about last summer. And I think we would be playing in the right way for this level, i.e. very physical, pretty direct. And most teams that go up from League 2, not all, but most, do it that way. What are your thoughts on, on the formation? Do you think he's having to, to play that way because of the players that he's got at his disposable? Do you think we may even have to wait until, God forbid, as a, as a Bradford City supporter, next campaign before we see a proper, if you like, Graham Alexander side? I fear so. I fear that because the squad is so big and the only players they can get rid of are players that they probably don't want to get rid of like Lewis and Jake Young and maybe one or two others, he's stuck with what he's got. Clearly they're recruited to play in this system. He didn't play it for the first two games, but he's been forced back into it. And I think he's, it's a marriage of convenience and something that he doesn't want to do, but he has to. You mentioned uh, Jake Young there, Nick. He's probably in the departure lounge. What would you do with him? How would you play it? Quite interesting, Graham Alexander's comments on the... Thursday media conference explaining the situation with him but what, what would you do? They've got an asset which clearly they want to sell uh, I suspect he probably wants to go as well because he'll be I imagine offered more money to play at a higher level so why wouldn't want to do that? We can't say publicly that he's for sale because that straight away um, I suspect A. breeds discontent in the city fans and B, probably drives his price down slightly. So you have to play the game and say, he's injured, we would play him if we could, all the while hoping that a good enough bid comes in during the window. Who would you say has impressed you then from the existing squad this season? Because the, the, there have been some standout performers. I think Halliday, um, consistently through the changes, has played well. Jamie Walker, before his injury, of course, um, looked threatening in that, in that final third. Are these the kind of guys that you would like to build the team around going forward? Yeah, if you can. So Brad Halliday, by a mile, has been the best player this season. Uh, I agree that Jamie Walker, you realise how good he is when he's not there because mm -hmm. the team has become so much more direct since he got injured at Doncaster. 
he was the person that would link the play. Now that play doesn't really exist, and so it's very, very <coughs> brutally route one, um, which is pretty easy to, to defend against. In terms of other players, um, I think Richie Smallwood has been better this season. I feel like last season, for whatever reason, whether there were some kind of Mark Hughes shackles on him, I don't know, but it feels like since he's left, he's been a different player. Apart from that, I've got to say, it's a struggle to name anybody who's been who's been very good. You know, Andy Cook is still chipping in with goals, but somehow it feels like there's more within him. Tyler Smith has got double figures, but again, I think flatters to deceive. So the list of players who have played well, I think, is, is still pretty brief. I know it's the, their job, but do you have a bit of sympathy with them? You know, they're on manager number three since August. Hughes, McDonald temporarily, obviously, and now Alexander. Do you have a bit of sympathy with some of the, sort of the internal things going on, staff changes, which then comes with new ideas, new formations? Yeah, massively. They're all they're all human beings, and they've had three different bosses in the space of four or five months. Some of them that are here this season will have experienced just missing out on promotion last season, and that's bound to to sting for a while. And I do think it's a tough job. You know, you've got a massive squad of players. Most weeks, two-thirds of those players know they're not going to be involved. So as an environment, that's got to be a tough place to operate. So I don't think it's easy at all. Plus playing at Valley Parade, if things are not going well, um, it's not a particularly great place to be. January, obviously, we mentioned transfers. We mentioned Jake Young as well. Is a, uh, I think whichever club you support across the pyramid, probably across Europe as well, it's a very tricky window, the January transfer window. But rather than push you for any particular names. Are there any sort of positions you feel or you'd like to see strengthened if indeed Bradford City can do that this January transfer window? Your sort of key areas, I guess, of the side you think needs perhaps a bit of support and help? Yeah, well, sadly, bearing in mind he's about to leave, um, we need somebody to play alongside Andy Cook, I think. Is that Tyler Smith not Jake the answer? Do you think, not, not think so. I don't think so. I think Tyler Smith is somebody that you can bring off the bench for the last 25 minutes and his energy is useful. I feel a little bit like either he needs another season and he'll then be a regular starter or he's just not quite good enough. I'm not sure at the moment. There's definitely a player in there because some of his finishing has been very good but I feel a bit like he's sometimes just a little bit too powder puff. So I I think Cook needs some help. Um, I think left back with the way that we're trying to play is not quite right. So clearly um, Richards is the first choice of the two left backs. Still not quite sure that he's quite good enough. If you can get Walker and or Patterson back into the team, I don't think we're that far away. Yeah, that prompted me to ask the other question regarding the experiences. There's some talent in there, isn't there? And, and you look at the the players, and then you look at the other squad. There are, you know, there's some there's some talented talented individuals there. Okay, cool. Then positivity. Then is there still chance of some joy this season? Quarter final of the Bristol Street Motors Trophy, of course. Draw this evening, six thirty Friday, I believe. Bradford are ball number three. There you go, that's good knowledge. Um, and what about a playoff push as well? Is that out of the question? Have they left it too late? Are they simply going to run out of games? No, definitely not. There's still there's still hope. I think they're five points off the top seven. Do you, gen- do you genuinely think that, Nick, as a, for a playoff position? Do you think they're still... Definitely, yeah. Definitely. If, if, if I think back over my time watching City to promotion seasons, there have been some which felt like promotion seasons pretty much throughout. So the promotion to the Premier League season ticks that box. The 2012-13 history-making team pretty much ticks that box. 
But there were other seasons, like the 1996 promotion season via Wembley, where basically until the middle of March, we were really average. Yes. So it's it's massively doable if you can just put a run together, which they did pre-Christmas and got that got them to within striking distance. They've fallen off a little bit, but if they can put another one together, which probably requires getting through January, getting Walker and or Patterson back, then I think it's massively doable. Outside of um, Stockport, Mansfield and Wrexham, I do think the rest of the division is deeply average and we can still do it. Walker back on the grass next week, I believe, so that'll be a bonus. Patterson operated on earlier on the week, I think, so he might be another eight to nine weeks. But I agree, if you can get um, Jamie back and playing um, in the next few weeks, that'll certainly be a huge bonus indeed. What are you expecting this weekend then? The Cowley brothers, Colchester away. Might be a little bit of a new manager bounce there, always dangerous. Yeah, it's not traditionally a happy hunting ground for us, whether it be Layer Road or whatever the new ground is called. Um, and I also fear the new manager bounce too. So I think it's going to be a score draw. Score draw, yes. I, um, I'll try and be optimistic. 3-2 Bradford, hopefully. To get that run that you mentioned really kick-starting through this January and February period. But um, as a man who has been watching Bradford since 1981, I can't go without asking you three of my favourite questions. First one, favourite Bradford City game ever? It's really tough. Um, the two standout contenders by a million miles are the 3-2 win at Molyneux yes. to clinch promotion to the Premier League, something yeah. that I never, ever thought I would see. I think I'd never been that nervous before a game as I was that day. And then, I think time with it is... Villa Park yeah again weirdly of all the things I, I thought I would see as a City fan promotion to the Premier League is behind reaching a cup final we've always been terrible in cup competition so to reach an actual cup final <coughs> was just staggering staggering Arsenal game not on the list no that was still special but um, it was special because actually it was the last game that my dad and I sat together to watch oh. a parade. So it's a really special family memory. Lovely. And it was obviously a brilliant special night. They played the proper team, so to beat them was fantastic. But ultimately, those two wins to either A, reach the Premier League, or B, reach the Cup Final, just can't be beaten. I think you've touched on it before, but who's your favourite current player then? Current player would probably be... Jamie Walker. Jamie Walker? Just because of, yeah. yeah, I think he, he just plays the game with a mixture of huge football intelligence and massive intensity. He must be a, a huge pest to play against because even though technically he's brilliant, when their defenders have the ball, he just never, ever gives them a second apiece. And what I really like him actually the most is that his first thought is always, what can I do going forward? Yeah. It's always, can I turn, can I spin, and can I make something happen going forward, which I love. Let's hope he's he's back sooner rather than later. And finally, your favourite City player of all time. You will be joined, this person will be joined on a list with, um, I mean, you can use these guys as well, John Henry, Stuart McCall, and even Adinho has been added this year, let me add. Oh, controversial. Yeah, so <laughs> I was a John Henry and Stuart McCall fan. I was just the right age. I was, I was 12 when the 1987-88 team just missed out on promotion, cried wow. myself to sleep after Ayrson Park. Um, and John Hendry, at that point, was my favourite. 
but was then overtaken subsequently because Stewart obviously came back and guided us to promotion to the Premier League. So you can't look past Stuart McCall. Have you got an unsung hero? Perhaps somebody you might, you know, you always was sort of in your top five, but maybe not the standout name. Um, I was like Sean McCarthy. So Sean McCarthy scored a lot of goals for a pretty poor team in a pretty poor era for, for City, particularly in the John Doherty era, which is by a distance right. the, the worst City-watching era ever. John Doherty's football makes Graham Alexander and Phil Parkinson's Bradford City look like Brazil 1970. <laughs> he was so direct. <coughs> Sean, Sean, Sean McCarthy scored a lot of goals for a poor team and ended up moving to Oldham in the Premier League and scored some goals for them too, so um, I like Sean. Nick Beanland, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Can we get you on before the end of the season, hopefully when we're talking about the playoffs and you know all that kind of thing? With pleasure. So that was Nick Beanland with a walk down memory lane and a well-balanced look at how City have performed this season. Earlier on Thursday, though, before Graham Alexander met the media, I spent some time with striker Matt Derbyshire and I couldn't help but start by reminding him of just how long he's been playing for. No, I don't really, I don't really look back too much on it. I just kind of look ahead and and, and you know see you know how it's going day to day really, but. Um... I'm still enjoying it, and as long as I'm enjoying it, I obviously want to carry on. As long as my legs feel good, which they do, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be ha- more than happy to, to to carry on. Have you got a secret then to to prolonging it? Because obviously, some people are not as lucky enough to to be able to play for as long for numerous reasons. Um, I don't, I can't, I don't think there's a secret as in like leg wise anything like that. I mean, trying to come in every day and enjoy and be thankful for being a professional footballer and just literally trying to enjoy. Every single day, being around the lads, enjoying the you know camaraderie and stuff like that is is obviously a main thing uh, for me. Is that I'm still enjoying myself being in and around the training ground and being you know enjoying being on the training pitch as well. So um, long may that continue. Let's focus on matters now. Then, how would you describe Bradford City's sort of season so far? Because it's been um, you know busy to say the least on and off the pitch. Yeah, um, didn't start off too well. Obviously, as we know, uh, under the last gaffer, who um, I've had a great relationship with over the years, Mark Hughes. Um, obviously, now the new gaffer's coming. As he would probably say, we didn't start off fantastic well, but then mm-hmm. obviously, you know, a couple of games in, you know, we we found our feet and we're. I would say we're doing very well. What's your opinion on the standard of League Two football in general? Because obviously, you played the very highest level Premier yeah. League abroad as well. Yeah. We'll come on to that shortly. But what's your What's your your view on that at the moment? Uh, very physical, obviously. Very, yeah. very physical. There's a lot more uh, balls that are played in the air. Uh, there's not as much football being played on the ground. Well, saying that, we played a lot more the other night at Derby, which was which was fantastic yeah. From, yeah. from the lads. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say a lot more physical. Um, obviously, a lot more demanding. Sat the Tuesday constantly, constantly playing. But physically, I'm not the the biggest, the strongest. So of course, it's going to be um, more difficult. In the air for myself, but like you know, when it's going up to Andy Cook and you know you got myself uh, or the other boys running off, someone like that, then it, it helps a lot. You know, if you, you don't have to be the one jumping for the ball, it's it's, it's obviously better. We're in January. Obviously, that's a period where players can move and potentially get look at what they're doing in the future within mm-hmm. mains the summertime. What's that like as a player mentally 
I'm not just talking about you now in this period, just in general, your experience when, you know, perhaps you, you've got your eye on a move or perhaps mm. you're on the verge of it. What's that like coping with from a mental point of view? I think uh, it just depends which, which because you could be doing really well wanting, to, wanting a move. You could be not playing at all and wanting a move. Um, but I think, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're not playing at all and you're not around the squad and stuff like that, you kind of know that it's coming anyway. So your mind's already, already set in that, in, in that manner. Um, if you want to move, I mean, listen, it's, it's these days it's all down to the club if they're, you know, depending what where your contracts are and what bid comes in from the club and if the club, the situation they're in to be able to let you leave. Of course. Yeah. Um, so no, it's it's just one of the things. It's sometimes it's out of your hands. There's nothing you can do about it. So you've just got to get on day to day, and you know what will be will be. You took that leap and had a successful period playing mm. away from from these shows, if you like. Yeah. What was that like for you? What was the sort of decision process like? Was it a big thing from a family point of view? Um, and, and, and how do you reflect on it now? Uh, obviously, a massive massive decision when I first left um, the Premier League to go to Olympiacos. Massive. Um, and what was that? What was, what was that like? Like from a fan and a culture point of view, they're huge, aren't they? It was it was amazing, mate. Honestly, yeah. I had an absolutely fantastic time there. You know, managed to win a couple of trophies as well. Um, you know, got to play in some some big finals as well, which was amazing. Champions League, you know, and obviously not Champions League final, but yeah, <laughs> got to play in some you know great competitions, Europa League and things like that. And you know, if I wouldn't have gone there, I never would have been had the opportunity to, to play Champions League and. Um, you know, to play for such a club like Olympiacos, a massive, massive club. Um, it really is. It was for myself. It was one of the best decisions I've made. Right. Um, you know, to, to, I've, I've never been one to sit around anyway. You know, I, I signed a new four-year contract at Blackburn, and I think someone else came in, and I, I knew what, as soon as he came in, I wasn't going to be uh, a favourite of his because of my size and you know the, the way I played, which was. No disrespect to him. That's the way he, mm. you know, he likes his players. So I wanted, to, you know, I wanted to go and play, and I always have done. If you look at my record, if I'm played, I've always moved on. Yeah. Um, so I decided to move on. Yeah, spoke to the wife. We had two young kids at the time. Yeah. Not a problem. We left. Fantastic. Away from the game, then, do you? Are you not like using this, but are you student of the game? Do you watch? I've noticed you around the training ground and on a match day, sort of talking to the to yeah. the lads, probably using your experience there. Have you got a plan for what you want to do when you when you do eventually retire? I'm not trying to retire. No, 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 not at all. I mean, you're in the right to ask the question. Um, you know, given my age, um, I actually, I, I, you know, I love I love the game. I, I can't see myself not in the game. I mean, I, I would love to um, be a, be a coach manager in the future. Uh, but I, I've got to you got I've got to learn my trade properly, like right. I did as a player. You know, coming through the ranks, whether I'm starting off at youth level or, or whatever it may be I'm, I'm really looking forward to that journey uh, kicking off but at the moment I'm, I'm a player um, you know I'm obviously doing a little bit with the, with the 16s at Bradford City as well excellent um, and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, you know, to the future but like I said at the, at the, for the time being I'm concentrating on, on the football at Bradford City and, and uh, let's see what comes in the future talking about the football then and we mentioned your, your sort of career you've had how much has the game changed for you Sort of on and off the pitch. What these changes around you? Because it, it takes you know something to, and I know it's been used to this as a player to adapt to all the changes that are going on, yeah. both in life, yeah. on the pitch, demand, sport, science, everything. Yeah, I think I think physically the demands got a lot higher. I think I think back in the day there was a lot more technical players in and around the Premier League. Um, these days, I think that you know, no disrespect at all. I mean, I mean this in, in the best way possible. You know, there's a lot more athletes now. 
don't get me wrong, you've got your fan, you've got fantastic players as well yeah. as athletes, but yeah, yeah. I would say it's, it's it's becoming you know a lot quicker and stronger players uh, you know are, are breaking through now, and um, I, I can honestly say it's only going to get quicker and stronger. I, I believe. You mentioned the other 16s there. One player who's probably not that much older than me is Bobby Poynton. I could be his dad, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah me, you and me both. Yeah. Um, how would you assess his sort of? Start to, to life as a professional footballer in, in the season he's had. Well, one thing I'll say about Bobby is he's an, a, a lovely, lovely boy, mate. He's a great, great lad. Uh, he's, he's a pleasure to know, he's a pleasure to work with, uh, to train with, um, on and off the field. He's, 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 a, he's a fantastic boy and he's got a great, great future. I really do believe that. Uh, he has to obviously keep putting the work in, which I'm sure he will do. He's, you know, he's very grounded as well, a local boy. Um, yeah, keeps putting the work in, and you know he's got a, a very bright future in the game. With your career, I know not ask you, but with your career, last couple of questions for you is: best player you've played with, and uh, the best player you played against. I'd probably say. I know it's hard. Two guy. Right. Yeah. Blackburn. Blackburn. Yeah, Fantastic yeah. player. We have on. You know, he got called the maestro for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah technically unbelievable. Just because he wasn't the quickest, was no, he? Exactly? No, he wasn't the quickest. He had so much time on the ball, uh, all the time. You know, never give the ball away and, and scored absolutely rockets. You know, from everywhere, um, and, and and a great guy too, which is yep. very important. <clears throat> um, against, I've always, I've actually always, I mean, I've played against you know, you and and things like that. But I think Paul Scholes is probably one of the best players I've ever played against. Right. You know, I was quite a few times played against him, and I just literally, I couldn't get near the ball. I say him again. He's a very, not I won't say a similar player, but. You know, midfield players that always have time on the ball, you know, always know where the next pass is, and just well, we all know what he's what you know what a player were, mate. And yeah, for me, best midfielder in the Premier League I've ever seen. I believe that's my opinion, and the best player I've ever played with, against. Matt, good luck this weekend, and thank you very much indeed. No problem, mate. Thank Top you. Cheers. Take me home, Midland Road.